Retro Rebel is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. My name is Stacy, and with me, as always, is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. What it do? What it do? How are you? Hello. So? Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. I are good. <laughs> Say it. I've only been playing Pokemon. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so another another week of of Pokemon. So that means that you're getting act time in as well. I am. I am actually. This will be a week four of thirty kilometers per week uh, walking. So. That's not bad, considering I was fairly sedentary before then. That's an extraordinary change in lifestyle in a, a three-week period. And they say it only right. takes like a month to develop <laughs> a habit. So I'm hoping, you know, the healthy lifestyle is That's here to say. stay. Yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> but I haven't even turned my Xbox well, good. on. Uh, well, um, really? Yeah, in three weeks. I've not turned it on once. There's nothing to play, man. There's nothing out. And I get all the notifications about the new Game Pass games, and they're not good. So <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to play them. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Well, I have played, uh, I've actually played a lot of games, uh, or a few games anyway. I've played Control, which uh, I, you know, I texted you and, and, and told you about how weird that game is. Like how really, right? really weird it is. It's so and weird. you had already commented on that. Because of that, I don't know. Because of that, it's just, I don't think I'm going to play it a whole lot more. Like I just, I did, I didn't really, I didn't really enjoy it. But the only reason I gave it as much time as I did, and this is something that I actually didn't know, and I probably should have as much as I keep up with these things is how uh, it was how closely tied it is to to Alan Wake and that's a game that I actually played really enjoyed and but I but I never finished I never finished Alan Wake and uh, but I know the story really well it's a game that that I that I hold you know near and dear uh, on the Xbox 360 uh, but it's a horror game and so it's another one of those games that I don't really get into quite as much <laughs> um, normally by myself that was a game I actually you know, I played a lot with some, with my friends, but uh, but never finished uh, because it was a game that I was ended up having to finish myself. Um, but there there's a lot of overlap. There's actually some there are some scenes in the game. Spoiler alert! There's there's I'm not even going to spoil it. It's there is some overlap between Alan Wake and Control. And uh, so if you finished one game, if you finished Alan Wake, then you then you actually will get some Easter eggs there. And that, I thought that was really cool. I thought that's cool that those two worlds collide, but it also kind of tells me that's probably not going to be a game I finish. 
I, I didn't even know they were made by the same company. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, they're made by the same company. So, yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah, so I, I played it for a little bit. I got, I got, I think I got through the first couple chapters. Enjoyed it uh, enough, but I don't know if I want to go back to it. It was a little stressful, and that's not the type of gaming I was looking for right now. What? You didn't want stress? I did not. No. So what I actually, what I did get into and have been playing a lot, pretty much every uh, waking moment that I can play a game, uh, I got into Magic the Gathering the arena okay so card based game it's not your blizzard card game is what it's not i don't i didn't ever play gwent so i don't know much about that game but i used to play magic a long time ago yeah and so i know enough about it and i used to collect the cards and 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 i had my decks put together and there this one is much more complicated so this is if hearthstone was if hearthstone is high school then Magic the Gathering, the arena, is your PhD. Oh, wow. In, in I think card I've games. played it, though. I feel um, like I've played yeah. it. Yeah, Hearthstone ended up with a lot more uh, in terms of mechanics and dynamics and, and creating your your decks and you know standard play and arena play and things like that. There are just so many more options for styles to play. There are so many more mechanics and, and ways to build your decks a uh, number of, of card sets that are still admissible in the standard play. There are just so many more cards and so many more <laughs> options. You know, I, I think I played, I probably played a hundred games since we talked last uh, against other people. And I finished, uh, you know, the, the one of the first series of quests you have is to finish the, much like in, in uh, Hearthstone, you got to, you have to unlock all the decks. So I had right. to do, you know, the planes, the white, black, blue, red, and green uh, magic types to unlock all those decks. And uh, and that was fun. And, and you play against the computer until for the first four, uh, for each one of those colors, you play against the computer for four rounds and then and unlock cards. And then your last round, you actually play against another human opponent. And... Uh, and then once you beat them, then you unlock the, the that white deck, the basic white deck or colored deck. Uh, and then uh, from there, you can kind of mix and match. Uh, they give you other quests that you can do. And, and uh, just like Hearthstone, you can earn enough of the in-game currency to buy packs and, and expand your deck. And all that's great. And, and uh, I was doing that. But as I was, I was learning, there's not a lot of help in the mechanics and the UI. And so as you go along, you actually, uh, as you, you know, kind of check, check boxes on the checklist and, and you complete quests, uh, you unlock these, uh, these tokens that you can trade in for cards, for rare cards, for mythic cards, for uncommon and common cards. And, uh, there is nothing in the game that tell, I had to go to YouTube to find out how to actually catch those in. <laughs> <laughs> because there was no, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing in the interface that actually tells you how to do it. And I was like, well, I've got all these things and I want to unlock a mythic card, but I don't know how to do it. And there's nothing that tells you how. There's nothing that points you to it. Even the in-game tutorial person that's talking to you just tells you to go here, but then doesn't tell you how to do it. Wow. So once you get there, it's actually pretty, um, it's pretty in-depth, the whole process. Like you have to search it up. I have to search for specific cards when I'm crafting, and then I see all the cards I don't have, 
and then I can actually craft that card now that I've got this token to do it. But it doesn't tell you how to do that. So that took me like I had enough pride that I just fumbled around for like three days trying to do it. And I refused to actually ask questions or go look <laughs> online. And then when I literally got to the point where I knew I couldn't do it and I wasn't going to figure it out, I was like, there's got to be a YouTube video for this. And there was. So that's funny. I've definitely played that game and I did not know about crafting. So that means I probably have tons of tokens sitting that I have never yeah. used. <laughs> and didn't know. Yeah. No. So it's that, it's been a lot of fun and you should probably go back and check. I enjoyed it. So, But that was the kind of game that I was looking to play, something that I could jump in and out of, uh, you know, that I could, you know, that's why I liked Hearthstone. I just didn't like the fact that they, that the meta changed so much and there was only one or two or maybe four decks that were the elite decks. And if you didn't have that deck, you weren't going to be able to make legendary. It does not seem like that's the case here. Like you can, any one of the four or five combinations of magic, you can actually win with. And there are so many cards to choose from. I mean, there, there are, there's just a lot more ways, many more ways to actually win in this, this game. So, are you um, playing although I think you could spend a, a lot more money on this one too. I don't think you can. It's not on mobile. You have to play it on PC. Oh, PC yeah. only. So I think it's, a, a, yeah, it's PC only from what I understand. Oh, well, yeah. then I must have played an older I can't find version. it. I know you can't. On console. There was a, there was a mobile game, I think. And there was a, well, there was a Planeswalker. Yeah, that's game the one I played, on Planeswalkers. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Duels of the Planeswalkers. And I like that one. I like that one too. Um, something, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I like that game. That was fun. Um, but it, it was kind of like uh, Magic the Gathering Light. Yeah. But <laughs> I thought it was. it was good. I thought it was because good. You, I didn't you know, want to do have... all the crafting stuff or whatever. It's not for me. <laughs> right. Right. Or, or all the cards. I mean, that one was much more, it was a watered down version of each one of them. I think you picked your Planeswalker and it came with a certain number and you could probably add to that the deck but not to the extent that you can with this because this pretty much has access to every single card i think every single card ever a digital version of every single card wow. that magic's come out with since it came into since 1993 you know so but yeah. anyway it's been a lot of fun i've really enjoyed it so is it free? It's fun to have a game that I've enjoyed playing because I, I try. Well, uh, yes, it is free to play. Um, so you can download it and play it. Uh, free to play. You can you can earn in-game currency with quests. You can earn in-game currency uh, by beating other characters uh, and experience. Uh, and so um, it now there's there's it is a. It is a game that has microtransactions because like any of these card games, uh, they do have those. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't, at least not initially, you don't really have to invest any real currency, real money into it. I probably will eventually because I want to be able to expand my uh, my my decks and, and the cards that I have access to. But I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't know enough about the meta or about some of the dynamics and the mechanics to waste any actual money right now. 
I don't know enough. So there's there's plenty of me for me to learn right now uh, about the dynamics because I built a deck the other day and I spent 20 minutes. The games are much longer. So the games are much, much longer than they are if you're playing Hearthstone. I'm not sure how they were with Gwent. But uh, these games are, you know, 10 or 15 Gwent minutes is sometimes. Nah, Every nah. one of them. Two minutes tops, okay. Gwent. <laughs> yeah, these are 7, 10, 15 minute games at least. And then, uh, which is the bad part because I built a, a trash deck. I, I It was trash. It was a green deck exclusively. And I, it was all elves and for the most part and a few spiders. And... Uh, no, uh, and I ended up running up against somebody who was who had a black and and oh, well, I did have those cards or similar yeah. cards to it, a couple dinosaurs in there, um, but but uh, I ended up running up against a a, a uh, black and blue deck uh, from somebody, and they had all these flying creatures and and all these undead things that. It, it made it to, yeah, they, they just, but it extended my, uh, it basically because of the nature of our two decks, it made the game go on for about 20 minutes, but I had no chance of winning it. Like I really didn't have a chance of winning it, but I didn't know that until much later in it. You know, I was like, oh man, we've been doing this for 15 minutes and, and, uh, I won't win this. There's just no way. Cause, uh, just the way that his deck was built, um, whoever I was playing, they had these these vampires that could fly and they could also, uh, you know, steal health. And so every time they attacked, it's like their health went up no matter how many times I hit them. You know, they were going to get their health back. So anyway, it's been fun. I'm learning a, a lot about the dynamics. There's just a lot of uh, flexibility in, in putting your decks together. And, and that part has been fun. So nice to have something that's fun to play again. But, sounds it. but that's it. That's what I've been playing. So. Yeah. What about uh, what about gaming news? You got anything for us? Because I I have some stuff, but but nothing uh, nothing big and nothing I've shared with I have you. Three news, point, so. precisely three. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'll just rattle them off. Nothing. So what do you terribly... got? Here? Yeah, it, there's no really big stories, so I'll just I'll hit them like we did last time. Just touch on it. Um, there are links in the comment box uh, down below if right. you want to like look into the story more. But um, Fortnite makers are now going after Apple in the European Union. So the lawsuits and antitrust suits that they filed in America, they're now replicating that in the European Union, um, and that's of course Epic Games going after Apple for its uh, anti, uh, it's monopoly based in antitrust uh, policies with relation to uh, apps on their app store. And I think they take 30% of all transactions on the platform. So uh, they're wow. obviously yeah. not letting this go, uh, which is probably a good thing. To be fair, I think if they can um, get some flexibility on this or change what it applies to, that actually might be helpful for a lot of smaller businesses that don't have the legal muscle that Epic Games does. They are, of course, totally in it for themselves, but there might be some positive knockdown effects, uh, which wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, the next one is uh, No Man's no, Sky no, is getting pets. 
Did you ever play No Man's Sky? I did read about that. No, never did. I played it for a little bit. I didn't enjoy it. Um, but you, it might help with the desolation a little bit that you can tame and then adopt creatures that you find on your travels and then take them with you. Because previously, you get a skill where you could tame animals, but once you left the planet, they were just stuck there. So now it looks like you have the option to tame and then take with a, a little creature. It seems pretty cruel. You. <laughs> you make friends and you just piss off. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah. it, it looks like this is part of like the free patch. So I don't think people are having to pay for this from what I understand. So it's kind of like a nice little added bonus. I kind of wish they had that in the game when I played it. Although I did not play it for very long. Probably only a few hours. It, it wasn't for me. It was very boring. <laughs> the way that I, the way I remember, or even just the way uh, No Man's Sky was always explained to me, uh, and by explained to me, I mean in passing, as I read uh, the article headlines and don't really invest any time in researching it. Uh, I imagine No Man's Sky as this game where you just randomly visit planets that are, you know that are also randomly generated and you may never go back to that planet because you don't know where it is. Yeah. You know, it's like everything to me in that game seems randomly generated. So that, that's how it is. May never that's go back. You, so you'll make friends with a, with a, see, you make friends with a, with an animal that, uh, you know, that on this randomly generated planet that you can never get back to and you just leave them there. How cruel is that? Yeah. Well, hopefully now when you make so friends, mean. you can take them. They should have thought of that. <laughs> you could even ride them around previously right. and then leave Take them. Take them with you. Okay. So mean. <laughs> what? Yeah. So mean. <laughs> uh, the last bit of news what else you is got? that um, Red Dead Online, which isn't Red Dead Redemption Online, but just for the text, I've put RDR just so we know what we're talking about. Uh, but. Uh, Red Dead Online is right. now adding three new solo missions, um, and it looks like they're repeatable and they get harder every time that you do them. So this would be a great option if you like grinding. Um, and apparently the rewards are very exciting. Now I couldn't give two shakes of a lamb's tail about Red Dead Redemption Online, any of them ever. It's not for me. It's not a game that I enjoy, uh, and I have played everything but rdr online rd online eh, whatever um but if you are playing it <laughs> there is new solo stuff to do which i know a lot of people do want they want to play an online game but they want to have a lot of solo content so this should be quite positive for them and it looks like it is a free update nice i really like the idea of rdr online because I really like the idea of, of uh, which brings me to the only piece of news that now that I remember, there is one piece of news I'd like to share. Um, it, it, I do like uh, Grand Theft Auto's online stuff. Um, right. They, uh, they've created a world where, I mean, YouTube, YouTubers can and make all of their content just specifically for uh, Grand Theft Auto, uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, 5 content. You know, where you've got this kind of living, breathing world where you can be in a motorcycle gang or you can be in a, uh, you know, you can you can just be in a gang 
or you can be a cop or you can drive a bus or you can, you know, whatever you want to do in this world. You kind of have, it's kind of like the Sims uh, for anarchy. Uh, so, uh, which I think is kind of funny and, and probably is fun, but I don't have time to do that. You know, I, I actually also like the, the more linear based story driven experience. I, I prefer that. Um, which I think that would be cool if you were to take that and put that in Red Dead Redemption, which is effectively what they do for the online portion of it. So now it's just set in a time with horses and cowboys. So that's cool. Too. Yeehaw. Uh, but that does bring me to the one bit of news. <laughs> exactly. That does bring me to that one bit of news that I have uh, with uh, the, the I think there was a quote and, and I'll, I'll put it in the notes or link the actual story. Uh, where Rockstar is talking about, you know, they were talking about putting a lot of effort into their online component uh, and that there being this um, misinterpretation of that message that maybe Grand Theft Auto 6 wouldn't have a single player component. And uh, they came back and did say, no, you know, we still are committed to single single player uh, experiences. And so just like the media does or the games media, uh, we are assuming, for better or worse, that that means that Grand Theft Auto 6 will have a single-player mode. Uh, we have nothing to confirm that other than the quote that they gave us. So, um, you know, I did play Grand Theft Auto 5 single-player. You did as well. Uh, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it did have some, you know... It has lots of side quests. Uh, it gives you, it's, it's a lot, it's, there's a lot to do there. Yeah. Um, but I would be thoroughly disappointed and don't enjoy games that are just multiplayer and don't have a narrative. They don't have a story. That's just, that's not fun to me. I know other people enjoy that and that's fine. Uh, if there's enough sandbox to make your own story, I think that's kind of cool too. It's not for me, but that's cool. But if it's just a game where you do stuff and it, nothing means anything, I don't know how that's sustainable. I don't even know how that's fun to people. You know, it's just, here's a bunch of tools. None of it means anything. Go do something. You know, um, that's empty, vapid. I don't get it. It's not for me. But, uh, you know, to each their own. But it doesn't sound like that's what they're trying to do, uh, at least for the next Grand Theft Auto, that it's going to have a single-player experience at least that's the 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 guess for right now, uh, and I'm sure it will have an online component. Uh, considering how many billions of dollars uh, Grand Theft Auto Five has made for Rockstar, uh, especially Crazy with their how much components. money people have sunk into that game. It's absolutely. Guess madness. we'll see. Right. So uh, that is that that are the news. Uh, and that brings us to our main topic for today, which is a continuation of last week, where we we discuss kind of our uh, our strategy for uh, side characters and and our sidekicks during games and and kind of how we selected them. Well, this week we wanted to add to that and pick some of our favorites, our favorite side uh, characters that we've taken with us on some of these RPGs, and so. Um, I got to see your list. Um, my list, which let's see, I have <laughs> a lot more on wow. my list as usual. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but, but I'm not going to list all of them, or at least not cheap. go into depth. 
I cheat. Oh, absolutely. But I'm not going to go into, uh, I'm not going to explain all of them. I may list them, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain just the ones that I really, that I really liked. Kind of like I, you have very specific ones. I have ones that I, that I, uh, have on this list for specific reasons. And then some, I just wanted to, uh, some I just wanted to add because I think other people might have also selected these people. Yeah, okay. lots of honorable mentions. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you star um, the key right, performers, so, and then you can chuck your honorable mentions in at the end, yeah? <laughs> nice. That'll work. That's fine. So uh, you, we, we both have – one of the good things about this is that some of the RPGs that you've played – I don't, I'm not a big fan of. And so we won't have a lot of the same characters on our list. So why don't you start with uh, one of your games that you, that I don't play, which is the one game that you mentioned pretty much as much as I used to mention Disco Elysium. <laughs> would, would that be Dragon Age? Would that? <laughs> that would be Dragon Age. Yeah. That would be Dragon Age. Well, I have two characters that I really like from Dragon Age, but they're not from the same Dragon Age game. And I was really selective with okay. these choices. So I cut out ones that I only have a mild fondness for. These are sidekicks that I really, really remember that were super, super important. And when they died or weren't part of the game or whatever happened to them, you know, rode off into the sunset, did whatever they did. I felt something. So that is going to be sort of my metric for choosing pretty much all of these. Now, the first one is a bit of an odd choice because it's Iron Bull from Dragon Age Inquisition, who is a quintessential meat shield, which doesn't really align with my play strategy most of the time. However, Freddie Prince right. Jr. is the most hilarious voice actor for this character, he does such an excellent job, and he's so memorable, and the conversations he has with your other sidekick are also super memorable. You don't mind that he just goes zurg-ug and charges in with an axe. That seems fine. <laughs> it's a fair <laughs> trade-off to have really high-caliber voice acting and really, really thought-out interactions between the NPCs, e each other, and yourself. So there was... Depending on who you were romancing or not romancing, Iron Bull had dialogues with different people that were different. I played this game so many times to get so many different endings. I'm well aware of all the different options. And I don't want to spoil it because it's such a great game. And you really should play it at some point. Um, if, if only for the really high caliber voice acting, you know. Um, and the next one from Dragon Age, this is from Dragon Age Origin, right. is Zevran. And I have talked about Zevran, I think, more than anything else on this channel uh, ever. Uh, he comes up anytime there's an opportunity to talk about an NPC. The great love of my life, Zevran, the rogue, the scoundrel, uh, just steals your heart, runs away from it. And uh, fighting style-wise, though, um, pretty suitable to how I play. He sort of was a bit roguelike, and he kind of stayed out of the way a lot um, despite needing to get up close often I didn't really feel like he was in the way and he's pretty sneaky so it wasn't really a problem from a fighting perspective from what I remember now this is about 10 years ago because um, the game is very old 
but right. it's also possible I was just clouded <laughs> by my undying love, you know, like. <laughs> Probably. Possibly. So, um, be because you didn't really prop, you probably didn't play Final Fantasy to near the extent that I did. Um, I have a lot of characters from Final Fantasy that I would take. You know, we talked about last time how we normally would pick our side characters based on our character and how we built them so that whoever we surrounded ourselves with kind of offset our skill set, you know, and would, would uh, help us, you know, fill in the gaps where we fell short. But just like you, sometimes I picked people just because they were cool or they looked cool or there was something about them that, that I wanted in my party. I was like, yeah, that, that person looks cool. Exactly. <laughs> so <Excellent>. um, <laughs> that, well, that's how, that's how um, Kane. Uh, so from Final Fantasy, I believe it's Final Fantasy four uh, or Final Fantasy two in the States. Kane is one of those characters that I just thought was cool. You meet him right in the beginning of the game, and he is a dragoon warrior. So basically, a dragoon. I don't know. Basically, he could. He didn't write. He's a dragoon. So um, they. He has this move where basically you jump uh, and you're gonna land on the character. So it, he leaves for like almost a whole turn. He's like in space. I'm not sure where he goes. And then he comes down and he lands on whoever it was that you targeted. <laughs> <laughs> and hits him for, you know, uh, you know, uh, all of the hit points. Um, but he is gone for like a whole series. And so he can't be hit with anything, but he also can't be there to, to take any damage or anything. So um, still, that's kind of good. Yeah, he's, like, he if was you one have of my favorite really... characters just because of his storyline. Yeah. If you have like a really powerful team in terms of hit points, like he can do most of your DPS from the sounds. He does, and he was one of your best DPS. Besides the main character, he was one of your best, just just pure DPS guys. But in that game, there were so many characters that pro that was probably one of my favorite games in terms of text-based only that really defined the characters and had a lot of characters that were really interesting that you could mix into your party. Um, and and uh, so anyway, but Kane was one that always stood out for me. Kane and Ridia, Ridia or Ridia, I'm not sure how you would pronounce her name, or Y D I A in the American version. Um, in Final Fantasy two or four, depending on if you're getting it in Japan or the United States, um, the actual version or the actual numbers, uh, Final Fantasy four, Ridia is the is the first kind of introduction to summons. And so Final Fantasy, this became a really big deal after this for you to be able to summon other gods or other monsters to come fight for you. And Rydia uh, was the character that uh, you you meet in the first game where you can actually do this, where you can find these, these summons and add them to your party. And she was the person that would be able to summon them at first and eventually other characters could summon uh, these monsters. And these monsters that were pulled from you know, uh, Indian uh, mythology, like the country India, uh, or Japanese mythology or Chinese mythology. I mean, you're pulling these these characters from uh, different mythologies as as uh, warriors to, to fight for you. And so anyway, uh, those two characters were really big. Um, 
and a lot of fun to, and I always, uh, they stood out to me in terms of, of RPGs and, and uh, in Final Fantasy characters that I, I've just remembered over the years. Uh, but then one last one that I wanted to give as a as an honorable mention for Final Fantasy, it was Vincent from Final Fantasy VII. Vincent's like the, he's kind of like a, uh, I don't even think you get him in the Final Fantasy VII remake because he he comes along so late in the game that you, you can't have him in your party yet. Um, but he was such a cool character. He's kind of like a vampire um, cool. that only had cool things to say didn't didn't really speak at all didn't really have many speaking parts uh, unless he had something to say but he was kind of an op character uh that you get late in the game and the reason he's kind of honorable mention is because he's not one that you get uh early enough in the game for him to make like a big difference on on your uh in your party you I mean, know you i mean that, he didn't he have like a significant a impact on the story chat wise <laughs> Oh, he did. Had I got him, had I gotten him earlier, you know, he would have been a mainstay, and there would have been a lot of other people I would not have wasted my time with, just because uh, it was cool to have in the party, and he, and looked cool, even if it didn't offset my own skill set. So, but Final Fantasy, and there are a lot more, but I'm not going to list them right now. So, thank you. The people who don't play Final Fantasy are grateful. <laughs> They're all yeah. They and cheered in unison. Exactly. Well, my next one, I think, so, is a universal what, fan one? favorite. And if I could go so far, sort of the start of putting this sort of character in a lot more games. And that would be the dog from Fable 2. Like, you had him since you were, like, a little kid, and he was always oh, yeah. there, and he did little digging stuff for you, and he was super cute. And I just remember everybody being like, oh, you can have a dog! And it just warmed everybody's little hearts. Um, and then, obviously, in other games, dogs and cats, and to a lesser extent, have become fairly common. Like, in Call of Duty Warzone, you can get a dog sort of partner who will attack and finish off kills for you. Um, you can get a dog in, oh gosh, just, to say, well, I mean, you can get tons of pets in World of Warcraft, not like just dogs. Um, you can get um, right. now pets in No Man's Sky, like we just discussed. And there are hundreds of other examples, I'm sure, that just aren't coming to mind at the moment. But I think having a interactable dog companion. In fact, there was a recent story where people on Twitter were like, why can't you pet the dog? And, and I think, why can't you pet the dog in Cyberpunk, maybe? And then they were like, we fixed it. And you can pet the dog now. <laughs> so, um, and I think I've heard that sort of yes, thing. Yes, I read before. that, yeah. Yeah, so people, like, they really enjoy interactive pet sidekicks, even if they don't necessarily fight for you, but if they have other useful purposes, um, like the ones in No Man's Sky will be able to help you do chores in the spacecraft and stuff. And I think for a sidekick, that is what? something that has like universal appeal. Yeah. It can like help you do chores. I don't exactly know how that works. You got your dog know. doing dishes. <laughs> I have no idea yeah. how it works. I don't think they're really dogs. So they're like weird procedurally generated aliens. So like, I guess they might have lots of arms and can help. I don't, I have no idea, 
but I think there is sort of a universal appeal to an animal companion um, that a lot of people really enjoy, especially if you don't want to be bothered with NPCs that are going to have dialogue and things like that. There are people that don't enjoy that. And I think the dog is delightful and uncomplicated. True. True. I did not play that game enough for me to really enjoy uh, the dog sidekick, though, unfortunately. Aww. So don't have an opinion on that one. Boo. Um, you know, and that goes for uh, some of, I know, some of Bethesda's other games as well. Like, I I did not play Skyrim enough to have an opinion. So, you know, as, you're all, as you are listening to this, if you have a favorite uh, sidekick, you know, be sure to put it in the comments because there's a lot of those that we're not going to actually go into. We're not going to, I'm not going to touch on Skyrim. There are other games as well that, uh, that probably have sidekicks I might not touch on. So if there's one that we miss or that, that you guys think of, be sure to put it in the comments and let us know. Cause, um, cause you know, we only have so much time to play games and I hadn't played them all. Uh, but for me, the, the next game I wanted to talk about, uh, or, or in terms of my favorite um, psychics, those that kind of stick out when I think of this topic, and I'm, I'm like, all right, uh, that's a game where the sidekick really seems to stick out, and that was Knights of the Old Republic. So I don't okay. know who you really picked or, or, or who your favorites may have been in that particular game. I um, just remember the droid. But I did have, I did have some that time. I would... Yeah, HK-47, yeah. He was great. HK-47 was, he was great. And, and you know, I, I took HK with me a lot, but it took a while for me to to keep him in the party because um, even though he was funny, and, and he was probably one of the most, if not the most entertaining uh, side character in KOTOR. I mean, I would say hands down the most entertaining. What he would say, especially if you were a dark side, which I played the first time through was dark side. Um, he, he always airs on your side and he calls everybody else a meat bag, but you, you know, he, he kind of qualifies it when, when, when he respects you because you do, you are kind of ruthless and, uh, and he likes your style. So he doesn't talk as much trash to you. Um, but I couldn't even have him in my party until much later in the game regularly because um, because his his uh, equipment was such trash. Like I, I didn't have good armor for him. I didn't good have have good weapons for him. And that's one of those games where as you get equipment, you can kind of like we talked about last time with your side characters. I'll get equipment that I could use a lot of times. And so I'm going to give myself the best stuff. Well, I didn't give. I didn't use weapons or I didn't use guns. I used, you know, a lightsaber. So um, giving him the best weapon wasn't a hard deal, but giving him the best armor sometimes was because uh, you had to have whatever the, the plating was that was used by the, the droids. And so, um, so yeah, when he, he was weaker than a lot of the other characters. And so he, I'd always be having to fix him or, or uh, revive him. So, um, but HK was definitely one that uh, he is on this list. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, but the one that kind of, the well, two that kind of stood out for me, uh, one was Candrus Ordo, which I don't know if you remember. He, I don't think you can play with him in the second game, but in the first game you can. Now, can't, who Candrus was, he was a Mandalorian. 
and uh, he eventually oh, becomes. Oh come on! I knew it. Um, yeah, he actually becomes uh, the the. And, and again, this isn't canon or anything to the story, um, uh, but he becomes the leader of the Mandalorian people, and you can collect all of his armor and stuff like that, and, and give it back to him. Uh, which is cool, but you learn about the history, and and I I liked that that lore stuff that he would, <laughs> the lore stuff that he would he would tell you. Um, but he was a really powerful character, and he offset my skill set. So between him kind of being a tank, and HK being a tank, and me being primarily a a, a space wizard, um, it set me up nicely. Then there are a ton of other really good characters. Um, Including, you know, Jolie Bindo and and in the second one, uh, Visus Mar, uh, who is a blind, she's a blind Sith that you can kind of convert. Yes, uh, and becomes I, one of definitely, I definitely followers. did HK and the blind Sith. Those were definitely the two ones I had because they're the yeah. only ones I remember. So, you know, nearly 20 years on, they're the really? only ones that left the impression. So they must have been the ones I had. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I liked Jolie because he was kind of like Samuel L. Jackson. He always had a smart alecky comment to sit, tell you. Plus, he was a, a bold black guy, so there were more than one similarity <laughs> there to to compare him to. Um, but you know, and he always is talking trash to you about your decisions, and you can ask him questions. But until you unlock his loyalty, until you've done all of his side missions, he's not really all that friendly to you. Um, so, so he's kind of funny in a different way as he makes fun of you, a little different than HK forty seven. He probably knows you're lots of memorable characters, but those are the ones that really stood. Doesn't out. trust you. <laughs> yeah, and I think well, and he was the first one. He was the first introduction to uh, gray Jedi. So this idea that there's a Jedi that kind of hovered in the middle, that wasn't like a light side, wasn't dark side, but was kind of in the middle, and left the Jedi Order because of uh, love. That's why he left the Jedi Order. So this was predating, or right about the same time as Episode One, or right after, I guess, Episode but One. But I mean, like, wasn't brief it? So segue, I guess it's 2000, 2001. Gray Jedi is bull hockey, macaki. Yeah, like it really, in my opinion, throws the whole balance of the Force into confusion. Because if you can not make a choice and straddle that middle of the road. Then the stakes aren't that high, is it? Mm-hmm. You can do do a little bad this day, do a little good this day. It's all equal, doodly do. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, they're still uh, they're still years. trying to do it though. So that's my Kotor list of uh, of sidekicks. Um, what would be your next? Uh, your next sidekick of choice, and and probably we're getting we're getting to the to the games that we both have played. Um, well, so my next one is actually not an RPG. It's one of the few instances where a action shooter action shooter adventure game uh, would appear on this list, but it's actually the Titan from Titanfall. Now. He's sort of, in a lot of ways, the main character, um, but you're obviously not controlling him most of the time, and he does have an autonomous mind, and that is a big part of the story, and 
he's super lovely. Now, does it meet all the criteria? Maybe not. I mean, you can't choose him, but you can't choose the dog in Fable either, really. Um, but he's such an important part of the story and a really endearing character, despite being a hunk of metal, that I had to put him on this list. He's very cool. Fair. Fair. And I hadn't played that game enough to really get uh, Titanfall 1 or 2 to really get the gist of that game or that far in it to know that it's sentient. They're both good, at least man. Is They're a both major great games. Uh, your, your, uh... Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Um, I, do, it's, it, I do have it downloaded. I just haven't played it, so... Titanfall 2 especially. That's the one that I was really most interested in. I'd heard a lot of really good things about it. Um, well, that, that'll that bring... I've got... I mean, there's so many games. Uh, Shining Force uh, 1, 2... I think there's even a Shining Force 3, uh, which is a um, turn-based, you know, the, the hex strategy game where you can put all your characters out there and you can select certain characters to be in your army and your army's like 16 or 20 characters long. Um, that's another game that that uh, we could get into and 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 the nuance and and selecting different characters. But I wanted to stick more to the mainstream. <laughs> I know it's a good game though. It yeah. really is a good game. It's just probably dated and doesn't. It's not. It's a Sega. It's a Genesis game. So that tells you about sure. how far back it goes. Um. But uh, Mass Effect. <laughs> like Mass Effect is the game that I that I'm going to end with in terms of my my uh, my my sidekicks and there are so many sidekicks in that game so many characters that you can put in your party that uh, you know depending upon your play style uh, can either make things much more difficult for you uh, or or uh, you know make your make your play uh, or at least that that particular playthrough uh, much easier and and uh, I have a few here. Now I think you you always and uh, I'm going talk about to talk Garrus. about Garrus, and I would take <laughs> Garrus on occasion. Yes, um, but the ones that I that I have on here that I that stood out, you know, Garrus definitely was one that stood out. But um, you know, honestly, I only the ones that stood out the most to me were uh, Rex. Um, so just. I, I always took Rex because Rex was Rex was the antithesis of me and my character. He was just like you said, he would just run into the fray and destroy everything and usually get himself killed. Um, but that helped me that helped draw all the bullet fire away from me. So that was fine. Um, and then I just go over and, and resurrect him after, after everyone else was dead. Um, but the other ones are probably less popular ones, and that's because they were so functionally, they were so practical, and they helped uh, in their in their way. They were kind of, they had a skill set that a lot of the other characters didn't have, uh, and they were also kind of one-off characters. So uh, Zaid, uh, who I mentioned before, was a part of DLC content. He was kind of a mercenary, uh, jack of all trades, uh, kind of like a less powerful version of of a uh, Rex uh, and then um, Kasumi who was the thief uh, also a part of the downloadable content and but one of those characters that was just super helpful 
And even though her storyline was interesting in the DLC, didn't really have a whole lot more to add to the story uh, outside of that. But I took her on every mission I could because she was just that helpful. And then Legion. Um, and I believe Legion's only in yeah. part Legion three, was cool, if I'm not though. mistaken. And um, was was I really liked Legion. And so Legion was uh, one of the characters that uh, that I took with me pretty much as soon as he became a part of my party, I took with me. Now, I mentioned before, Tally was who I romanced. Uh, I think I romanced somebody different in every one of the games. Uh, but uh, Miranda was, I think, in, in Mass Effect 2. But Tally was who um, who I romanced after that and before that in, in Mass Effect 1. And um, I think it was 1. Anyway, she was... She was uh, one of the main romance options for me. And, but I never took her in any of my, I never took her or Miranda. They just were not as useful. Both of them probably one was tech and one was more of a biotic. Uh, and because I was just almost exclusively biotic, I didn't need their help in, in battle. So I actually took characters that I didn't really care about talking to into battle and left the ones I was really interested in developing the rest of their story. Aww, you I left them safe. on the ship. <laughs> Almost exclusively, and took the same group with me every single time. <laughs> Inadvertently, nice. wasn't yeah, I had purpose. a very different relationship with Garrus because Garrus is in every single so, one of the games, and my Shepherd and Garrus ended up sort of being besties. Right. You know, like he was always there, he was always down to go. Like you know, we went yeah. on every mission together. I consulted him you know, about decisions I was thinking of making, like he was kind of like my number one, you know, if I was Picard, he was right there. Uh, I have done, right. I right. think one or two of the romances with him, but I would never complete the game in that I'd go back and do a romance with someone else because I kind of wanted Garrus just to be my like best buddy, you know, and he was, and he was always in my team. I right. never left him behind unless I really felt like I had to. And your last sidekick was? So you probably played this game because you also have an Xbox and it is a titular Xbox title. But I would say Coltrane from Gears of War. There isn't a time when he doesn't make you smile. Not like, Dom? No, listen, Dom is lovely, and his story is really heart-wrenching, but I just think Coltrane is fun. Like, he brings the fun, he lightens the mood, it can sometimes get a bit dark, you're covered in, like, locust uh, schmutz all over you. Like, Coltrane makes killing Whatever. fun. Whatever, yeah, schmutz. <laughs> and sometimes we need that. He is fun. You know, just thinking about it, he is fun. Yeah, he's really he, uncomplicated. He's, he's, he does shed. A... He is. No, I agree a hundred percent. He's he's for a for a side character you don't get to choose is just kind of a part of the party and and is is a and I think he's he stays through all of the games. He's there yeah. through all of them, right? Yeah, he's. I would say that's a good addition. That's a good. Even though you, I, I think even if I could, if I even if I could pick who I took with me, you know, you've got uh, you've got I liked the dynamic. Who's the blonde dude with the sunglasses on his head or the goggles on his head? 
Oh. Because they have a dynamic in that game. Is it Carmine? Oh, I can't remember. Have I made that up? Is it no? Carmine's the one that gets sacrificed. Carmine's a little grunt. He dies. Carmine gets sacrificed. <laughs> He's fine. Carmine's the red shirt. He's the red shirt. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't remember. The blonde dude was unmemorable but, for me. It's just Dom and Cole. Those are the oh, ones see, I, I remember. remember. He was he was snarky. He was funny. He had, uh, but he was he would always have some sort of jab at everybody or you know at, at any given time he would be making are you talking about the new so, games because that um, isn't that uh marx's son no uh this is the older game let me let, let me look because i'm going to find it's going to drive me crazy so so war cast uh yeah i must have totally blanked him <laughs> all right so you got marcus you got cole you got carmine Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> you've got. Oh my goodness, where are you? You're not even on this list. That can't be it. Have you hallucinated a character that doesn't exist? Is that what no. happened? You've just fabricated Dom. this blonde, dashing. Look, companion. let me tell you the the Gears of War characters. For whatever reason, and I'm sure there's a there's an actual legitimate reason for this, but for whatever reason, Sarah Connor's in this list. So this is definitely not the list of characters that uh, is, that I'm looking for. Okay, Cole, <laughs> Carmine. I'm gonna find out. Okay, maybe it is. It's Baird. Okay, Baird. Baird. Okay. Baird is the one. Oh, he's blonde. Yeah. And he's got he's got goggles. He's yeah. the sort of nerdy one. Yes, he's kind of nerdy and snarky and sarcastic. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was he was another one, and he and he and Cole kind of went back and forth. And Dom, you know, the moody one, uh, he'd he'd give him a hard time every now and then. But yeah, yeah. So a good list, you know. So if you've got a sidekick that you think we left off, or one from a game that that you think belongs on this list, just let us know. You know, I think this is definitely not an exhausted list. An exhaustive list of, of of side characters, but yeah. uh, but a good place to start anyway, you know. Well, good. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, TempleofGeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or message us at Facebook or Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. And please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.